This week's episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Uh, each week we dissect an episode of, which I think, Stephen, the greatest sitcom of all time, Seinfeld. I agree. Yeah. My name's Ivan, by the way. I'm Stephen. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're up to episode four now. So uh, thank you so much for listening to us. If you've subscribed, uh, we are on iTunes, YouTube and SoundCloud. So you can uh, search for us there. If you missed any old episodes, feel free to jump in and have a listen. What do you think? Yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daydreaming there. Yeah, you gave me a cue to keep going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, do do what Ivan says. Yeah, good. Yep. Excellent. Uh, you can also find us on social media, uh, at B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, so the acronym for our title. Bidwabask. <laughs> yes, and Bidwabask Podcast, one word, at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line. Yeah, if you have any feedback or suggestions or criticisms, uh, get in touch. Stephen, I, I came into the studio just before, and I'm wondering what's that smell. I don't know what. What is that? It's I, 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 I think it's bo. It, it, it can't be bo. It's not that bad. It's it, Ivan. It's bo. But usually the b stays with the o. In this case, the o left. <laughs> well, in this case, the the o has separated from the b, yeah. and it's lingering, and it's horrible. Yeah. But we'll push our way through it. We will. So we're going to get into Jerry's smelly car for this week's episode, the smelly Ooh. car, Ooh, episode four. Luckily, and, we showered, so we don't actually stink. Yeah, well, don't forget to put tomato sauce in your hair too. True. Yeah. True. Sauce it. <laughs> sauce, sauce me. Tomato sauce. That's what Elaine says. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So, season four, episode 21, production code 422. And it originally went on air in the United States on April 15, 1993. So, yeah, good 14 years ago. Yeah, 24 years ago. Oh, <laughs> 24 years ago? Really? Someone's bad at maths. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jeez, we're, we're getting old. old. Yeah, we are. My, we are getting old. My goodness. Well, um, life will, uh, will art... Hang on, life. Life imitates art. Yeah, and we'll we'll turn into our own old men at some point, maybe in sixty years. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Yes, <laughs> which is episode two, by the way. Yeah, good. Yeah, have a listen if you want to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you yeah, please. Yeah. And if you have a maid from Senegal, then you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's probably a good sign that you're doing okay. I think so. <laughs> and uh, each week, Stephen, we talk about the uh, minor and secondary characters of the show. So uh, in this episode, there was at least what a good nine or ten minor characters. Yeah, we we counted nine, and I think nine, we're going to touch yeah. on nine or maybe ten through. Yeah, uh, a couple of major, a couple, but. Maybe half minor, a couple of major. Yeah, I uh, think so. Yeah, but there was surprisingly a lot. Mm, uh, I mm. didn't realize how many there were until I actually sat down to watch it to take notes. Yeah. Normally, I just watch it to get a feel and get some ideas brewing in my brain. But the last time before we record, I watch it and sit down with my laptop and, and take notes. Yeah, yeah. And as I was listing the characters, it was just surprising. I know. And yeah. there's a couple of recurring characters from previous episodes as well, uh, which we'll touch on a bit later. Yeah, and we'll hopefully get into those uh, in a bit more detail in future podcasts. Yes, we will. Uh, and as we do each week, we just do a quick episode synopsis. So you probably haven't watched The Smelly Car for a long time, or maybe you watched it recently and you just want a bit of a recap as to as to what happened. So we're here to fill the void. Yeah, just to, to bring you back into the episode and the world, uh, and also to set up, uh, I guess, the storyline for maybe anyone who's never seen it or hasn't seen it in a long, long time. Uh, yeah, just to set a bit of context. 
give it a bit of background. Absolutely. So I'll get into it. The episode synopsis for The Smelly Calf, episode four of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Okay, let's do it. So this one was written by Larry David and Peter Melman, and uh, this plot, or the plot of this episode, focuses on a bad body odour smell in Jerry's car after it's delivered back to him by a valet. So him and Elaine uh, go to a restaurant and they get the car and uh, the valet, you know, the valet driver just delivers the car to you and then they notice a really nasty body odour smell in the car. It's pretty effective. It leaches into everything straight away. Yeah. He was in that car for, what, 20 seconds, 30 seconds? Yeah. I've never used a valet, but I don't imagine they're in the car for long. Maybe he sat in it when they ate or something. I don't know, but (laughs) it leached into everything so quickly Mm. and it was just omnipotent yeah it was, I, it's just i don't know what it was i mean it's something he ate or <laughs> yeah we'll, no we're, we're, yeah we'll, we'll get into bo in a bit more detail for all of your bo <laughs> needs bo needs yeah whatever what if you i don't know your bons <laughs> your bonds <laughs> well they shake your bon bon. <laughs> well there's a first time for everything of Indeed. course yeah so just moving on with the plot so uh, the smell is so bad that when elaine goes to see her episode boyfriend carl so one of the minor characters of this episode the smell is stuck in her hair uh, resulting in him saying that he needs to get up early the next morning, that means. Uh, which usually means that, no, you can't stay over. Sorry. A tactical lie. Yeah, tactical lie. Yep. Men. I think that plot device is followed by a lot of 90s sitcoms where men have to, quote unquote, get up early to avoid, uh, you know, any sort of relations with, with their partner of choice. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely makes sense, given the time. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Um, and meanwhile, uh, a B story to this one. So George is in a video store renting Rochelle, Rochelle, the yeah. woman's erotic journey from, from Milan, Milan to, to Minsk. Minsk. Yes. Which is from Italy to Russia. Is Minsk? No, Ma- no, Minsk is in Belarus. I think it's a, I thought it was in Belarus. Yeah. Oh, formerly in USSR, I guess. True. Hang on, was the Soviet Union gone at that time? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A couple well, of years. A couple of years. Yep. So. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Rochelle, Rochelle. And it's funny because it's not an actual, like, a real movie. No. It's funny. But it, it features so much through Seinfeld. I don't think it's mentioned much after maybe season four or five. No, no. But it, it comes up a lot in the first four or five seasons. Yeah. It almost feels like a real movie. It does. It's yeah. a movie within a TV show. Yeah, yeah, true. And it's like the Rochelle Rochelle musical, you know, mm. when we met Bette Midler, mm. get stars in it. She, you know, that's probably another episode uh, yeah, we'll do. Yeah. They do yeah. like a musical, The Understudy. Yeah. We might do that episode in the future. Yeah, we will. Yeah. yeah. If you have an episode you want us to do, like with some uh, notable minor or secondary characters, just send us an email. Yeah, drop us a line on social media. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, let us know. What's the other movie that they always try and see? It's like an action movie. Uh, oh, I don't uh, know. What's it called? I'm just trying to think. Yeah. If you know, let us know. Yeah, let us know, please. Yeah. <laughs> please. So anyway, George and Kramer go to the video store. Um, and, he, and George spots two ladies holding hands with their backs turned to him. And uh, they turn around and it's revealed that one of them is his ex-girlfriend, Susan. Susan. Susan, yes. Well, major secondary character of the show and possibly the most tragic story in Seinfeld probably in a, in a series full of tragedy yeah I would say it's the most tragic the most tragic definitely yeah. I've never thought of it like that yeah, but yeah it's, yeah it's a tragedy totally <laughs> so as you as you may know uh, Susan broke up with George after her father's cabin was burned down by Kramer's cigar <laughs> um, and when she found out that her father had an affair with another man the Cheever letters so yeah, a lot of a good stuff. episode. Yeah, and uh, plus the fact that Kramer vomited on Susan when they met. You know, Susan obviously isn't happy with George and Kramer, and uh, 
Yeah, so George and Susan meet again, and uh, he's taken aback by Susan's sexual preference. As he uh, he actually thinks it was him who turned Susan to lesbianism. His yeah, words. that's kind of his his hang up in this episode. Each episode he has one or maybe two hang ups, and that seems to be the one in this episode where mm. he's he's unsure of whether he's driven her to uh, you know not dating men uh, or whether she's just bisexual. She can't he can't decide. Uh, and he's obviously paranoid, and he's very Georgie about it. Do you think women, like people, could do that? Like a, a a partner can upset you so much that you decide to go with the same sex? Is that, is that possible, or do you think it's? Do you think they already have like tendencies? Well, that's happened to me. Oh, okay. Personally, yeah. About seven years ago, I was in a relationship, right? And she was always bisexual. That okay. Was her, I guess her categorization, or that's how she viewed herself. Yeah. Uh, and we broke up. Well, she broke up with me because she fell in love with a woman. Oh, wow. So I guess it's kind of the same. Yeah. Maybe. Fair enough. I don't know. Sexuality and gender is fluid. So I yeah. think, I, yeah, no. it's, yeah, people are attracted to people regardless of what, you know, what they have or who they are. So that's the way it should definitely, be. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Love it. So going on with the plot for the smelly car. Ooh, that smell. So oh. funky. Oh. oh, God. It's an entity. You it's need the a, boost. It's the boost. You need it's a, a priest to get rid of this thing. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah to that. <laughs> so moving. Where am I? Uh, so with the smell is so bad that you have to have like an extremely thorough clean to get the smell out so Jerry and Elaine unfortunately a few things happen and uh, yeah the smell affects their relationships and the way of life at that stage uh, Jerry speaks to the restaurateur uh, at the restaurant where the valet works uh, and convinces him to pay for half of the car detailing cost so it was 250 American dollars yeah asks him to pay 125 uh, he asks the restaurateur he says oh, I'll have a sniff of the car just one whiff just one whiff just one whiff I don't oh, know oh okay one whiff one whiff and he smells and he's like, oh, God, get me out of here. Get me out of here. All right, I'll give you anything, anything you want. Why does Jerry only settle on half? I demand full payment. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I mean, Jerry's too nice. No, he's not. Well, he's nice when it comes to money or when mm. people people owe him things. Think of the amount of things that Kramer has borrowed off him over the years. And he's quite charitable sometimes with money and just time. Mm. And he just forgets it. Some Instead of fighting for what people owe him, he just goes, yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah, he yeah. just can't be bothered. So I guess it's not out of character, but if that were me, I'd demand full payment. Yeah, I bet you if it was George, he'd demand full payment too. Definitely. He would, and plus interest. And probably he'd, he'd probably bucks. overstate the amount just to get more money. Yeah, he'd exactly. probably feel he deserves some sort of uh, you know, compensation. <laughs> typical. So, yeah. Typical George. Uh, <laughs> so um, he, Jerry later in the episode gets his car detailed, and it doesn't work. Even though they do all the deionizing and they use jasmine or pot potpourri uh, fragrance at the end, it doesn't do anything for the smell. Not at all. And eventually uh, Jerry tries to sell the car, and the car salesman, who's another minor character, doesn't accept it. And then eventually he leaves it stranded on the street the car and gives a homeless guy the keys and uh, I don't think he's homeless that's what I initially oh, thought I thought he was homeless I think he was just a guy hanging out on, on the stairs of that apartment like block. a street thug yeah well yeah. Maybe, maybe he knows the street thugs <laughs> the street. From, from episode one Bob and, Cid Bob Bob and Cedric aka Cedric yeah, yeah. probably <laughs> uh, yeah he's probably in their world somehow yeah. he probably steals uh, armoires and other pieces of furniture on the street yeah and he throws the keys in the front seat he and does, he just yeah. goes he makes a gesture of just it's yours yeah, straight in come yep. here and yep. the guy sort of looks around and he's like okay yeah cool he cool. thinks Casey's being set up or something yeah, yeah yeah he's a bit sus but he jumps in and he I think he puts the keys in the ignition and he yeah. takes one whiff and he goes and, that's it yeah and the, the episode uh, ends on the freeze frame of his disgusting face I'm just <laughs> yeah. oh. that's the best that's my disgusting face sound oh. Oh. 
<laughs> Isn't it incredible how the smell has just like affected everyone? I know it's involved. It's like it leaches uh, into skin. Yeah, I mean Elaine gets her hair uh, shampooed and shampooed and conditioned and conditioned and then sourced with tomato sauce. Yeah, and it's still there. It's still there. It's, yeah. it's leached into the skin. It's not Crap. just on the hair, <laughs> and and it leaches into clothing yep. after just being in the car. It's yeah, it's an incredible, it's an incredible thing. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's supernatural, man. It's it is. It's otherworldly. And I, I think this is one of the first episodes of Seinfeld where they kind of went down that supernatural turn. You know, like in the later seasons, like eight and nine, there's some like supernatural, some kind of yeah. magical uh, plot devices and aspects of the episode. I think this one's probably one of the first that really touches on it. Because, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, yeah, I never never thought of that. Yeah, because I I figured that kind of smell that's impossible. Like, how can a human de- develop? I've smelled some really, really bad bo but is in it, my life, yeah. but never, never bo so bad that someone would sit in a car for thirty seconds and it would just latch. be there, yeah, latch and, on, and be, yeah. and be completely unremovable. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you're right. It's it's kind of the first time that there's an episode that you wouldn't say is pretty much based on reality. Yeah, it is based on reality, but it, it it's it's. It's taken to a silly, yeah. silly place. Yeah, and overall, I think this is a good episode. Yeah, it's I like great. it. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, it was just good how they kind of. I think the writers, were, you know, a lot of their episodes earlier were a bit, you know, very realistic. It was realistic situations, and yeah, they, probably, they were mostly based on relationship problems. Yeah, Larry David probably threw a curveball and said, "Let's try this." Yeah. See how well, apparently, happens. this story was inspired by I think one of Larry David's mates who in his personal life just always pitched him Seinfeld ideas. Or maybe he was the writer, I'm not sure. I just read it very quickly. Mm. And all the ideas that he pitched him were just bad, just rubbish. (laughs) Uh, And then he was recounting a story where I think he picked up a car from a valet and there was this lingering, really horrible smell. He wasn't trying to pitch him an episode. He was just talking about this experience. Oh, right. And then he thought, that's a good idea for an episode. And then he wrote it and, yeah. Now, now we're talking about it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I didn't know that. Yeah. There you go. Oh, that's cool. Fun fact. Really cool. So, yeah. but Larry didn't claim it as his own. Uh, no, no. What? Oh, I mean, he has writing credits, but he he never has he claimed like the story was from his friend. Or? Yeah, I I, yeah. I can't remember where I read it. It was in the research for this episode, but mm. it was I might have even just been on the Wikipedia page. But oh. that's apparently where the episode came from. It was one of Larry David's mates, yeah, who was just talking about it, and Larry David thought, well, all of your ideas are crap. I'll take your story <laughs> that's not an idea and turn it into a story. So nice. he pro- he probably acknowledged him in some way. I'd say so. Hopefully. Ah, good. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah, 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 it's a, it was a good idea for the episode, I for agree. For sure. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more things in the episode. Susan, later on in the episode, becomes attracted to one of George's exes, Alison, from the episode The Outing. Not yep. that there's anything wrong with that. No. Oh. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong. It's a perfectly fine lifestyle choice. Yeah, not that there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. And Kramer begins a relationship with Susan's girlfriend, Mona, who's never been with a man in her whole life. and She's immediately infatuated with yeah. him. And, and last week, we, we talked about the library. Mm. And that was you know we found out that Kramer had like the Kavorka he had that kind of magnetism yeah once again he's displaying it here mm. you know he 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 converts a lesbian mm. to heterosexuality yeah or at yeah. least yeah maybe not hardcore heterosexuality but at least dipping her toe into the heterosexual pool so hetero curious Heter- yeah <laughs> okay. that's 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 probably a good way to put it yeah okay yeah because uh yeah, and and what's he doing in the video shop? He's practicing his golf swing, he's and she not, happens to be a golf teacher. Yeah, kind of and and she's amused by him. She's you know intrigued by him. Mm-hmm. And there's a small exchange in the in the video shop, and then just all of a sudden, 
he, she's in love with him. Yeah. It's, yeah, he's, he has this amazing power. He's a mystic. Kramer. Yeah. Kramer. Yeah. Black magic. It is. Michael Richards, if you're listening, man, uh, how what, you did What it? is it? What was it? <laughs> what did you do? What did you eat? Yes. <laughs> garlic. So that, garlic. Ugh, probably not. <laughs> You'd attract a lot of, I probably wouldn't attract a lot of vampires. Yeah. Maybe, know. maybe, um, maybe, uh, it, because this episode's about smells mostly, maybe uh, Kramer had a really, you know, erotic musk. Mm. Not, you know, some sort of like a, a, a pheromony masculine scent that, you know, subconsciously attracted people to him. Yeah. I picture that, I picture that if Kramer, like if I could smell Kramer, I could picture him his smell like, you know, like you leave clothes in a cupboard and they become stale. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that musty. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like op shop. Musty. I, I picture it like him, it would smell like that. Yeah. Like, like he, he'd smell like an op shop. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, and uh, so. if you're in America or I think outside of Australia, an op shop is a thrift store, secondhand store, usually charities. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe even like mothballs. Yeah, yeah. Whenever oh, I, yeah, whenever sure. I, yep. yeah, mothballs. Yep. I think so. I reckon if he wore a cologne, it would be something really tacky, like brute or old spice. What about the beach? The beach. Well, before the beach, <laughs> pre the beach, pre the beach. Do you think he'd wear his own cologne? No, no, no. I don't no. think so. Yeah, he's yeah. too classy for that. Yeah. And yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so that's the plot synopsis for the smelly car, and uh, a few. Well, obviously, there's nine characters. So the characters from this episode are the smelly valet driver, who we'll talk about in a sec. Mm. Uh, Mona. Susan's girlfriend and Kramer's girlfriend, I Susan's guess. Susan's ex-girlfriend. Yeah, ex-girlfriends. Uh, also, uh, a few other secondary characters are Susan, but Susan's such a big character, we won't go into depth about her, maybe another time. Yeah, we'll talk about her scenes in the episode, but we won't talk about her as a character. No. Well, she'll get her own episode, for sure. She will. Uh, Elaine's hairdresser, who tries to get the beast out of her hair. <laughs> uh, the, the car wash man, or car washer, who details Jerry's car. Uh, the video store clerk who charges George with a rewind fee and eventually uh, $98 for Rochelle Rochelle after he loses the videotape. Uh, the restaurateur who Jerry complains to about the car smell. And Carl, Elaine's episode boyfriend, who's repulsed by the BO and uh, he thinks Elaine stinks of yeah. the car. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and also I, a car salesman who won't sell Jerry's car. Yeah. And yep. uh, a couple of other mentions. Uh, I thought it was important to talk about the BO as a character because it kind of... It is... It is a character in the episode. All right, it's yeah, talked about yeah. in first person. It's not talked about as a smell. It's not an abstraction. It's it's a thing. It's the antagonist of the episode. It is exactly. Yeah. And also, I don't know if you picked it up. Steinbrenner is mentioned. Yes. In in he's just mentioned because Kramer is frustrated with uh, with his I think his baseball management decisions. Yeah. His Yankee management trading decisions. off the new kids. The, yeah, the young, yeah, 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 kids, yeah, yeah. And you know he's ruined the Yankees. But obviously Steinbrenner becomes way more important. Uh. I wonder if that was to set him up, if they thought, you know, thinking ahead when they were writing, like, we've got to bring, you know, Steinbrenner into it. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think it's, I don't know, because Steinbrenner doesn't come till later. That's true. And I, I don't know. I, I, I guess it was as part of the canon of the episode, Steinbrenner yeah. was running the Yankees and then he just true. eventually led on. I guess it would be natural that he would turn up because it's set in New York. They're probably baseball fans. I th- he was a real manager. He was infamous oh, he was for like, bad Brenner, decisions, yeah. and he was just a, a kooky kind of person, I think, mm. and just a bit eccentric. Yeah. So I guess it's natural that he would creep into the script. But yeah, definitely worth a mention. For sure. Well, we'll have a quick break, and uh, when we come back, I-, I guess we'll talk about the secondary characters, and we'll get into the BO, I suppose, <laughs> <laughs> if you want, the that, that, that secondary character. Not literally. I don't want to get into the BO. No. <laughs> <laughs> I meant the antagonist. I know, I know, I know, I know. All right, let's... Do it, and we'll come back straight after this. Hey, 
and welcome back to uh, I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. But I don't want to be a secondary character. A uh, Seinfeld podcast put together by myself, Stephen, and my mate, Ivan. Yes. And it's certainly not about nothing. No, it's about something. Well, we try and make it about something. Yeah. Uh, so the, the point of the podcast is to basically focus on secondary characters that make up uh, Seinfeld, uh, beyond the main cast, and make it the great show that it is, or was. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode, we're focusing on The Smelly Car, which is a season four episode. Uh, we've just run through a bit of a synopsis to set a bit of a scene, and uh, for this next part, we're going to focus on the the secondary characters themselves. Yes. And uh, starting off, I guess in in order of appearance of the episode is the valet himself mm-hmm. and his bo. And because you, you said before the break that he's like the bo's like a villain. Yeah, you yeah, know, like I a character. They're inseparable. Yeah, I think for sure. So. The valet, funnily enough, Ivan and I in our research, we could not find the actor who... We could not find his name. He's not no. credited anywhere. And it's actually been noted, like, I've read a few sites online and stuff, and even the websites are like, yeah, there's no records of the actor yeah. who played him, the valet guy. And surely yeah. someone would have recognised him. If he was an actor, even if someone recognised him from a movie or a TV show or something, as oh, yeah, that's that guy who did that character in that thing. Maybe he wasn't an actor. Maybe he was like a... a, a one of the staff on set or something and they just needed to fill it in or I don't know it's probably the caterer they're like oh we need someone to play a valet yeah oh we forgot to cast the most important role that sets up the whole episode you'll do hey man (laughs) you can't say anything but uh, yeah jump on screen and uh, obviously I I mean how long is he in it what 20 seconds 30 seconds max over two scenes yeah he doesn't even say a word um, but he makes a big impact yeah huge yeah (laughs) a smelly impact (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a stinky impact. Uh, do you reckon the reviews at the time would have been full of like, if someone didn't like the episode, this episode stinks or something like that? <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. I would have done that. This if smells. I was a reviewer yeah. for Entertainment Weekly or something, <laughs> yeah. I would have said this episode stinks. <laughs> yeah. But it, like it didn't stink. It's no, it didn't. It didn't. It's actually yeah. really good. It's yeah. Good that's one. why we're doing it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the the valet, I mean, he's, he doesn't say a word. It's hard to really sort of figure out who he is or where he's from <laughs> other than his smell that's the only thing that you really know about him why he's a valet who knows it could be a full-time gig it could be a part-time gig he might be studying doesn't really matter obviously the point is the bo how did he get that bo yeah why does he have that bo and i was in the same boat as you like i, I was trying to come up with notes about his personality or what he could be like but you know it, it's so hard mm. like you said you all we know is him yeah. through his body odor yeah like we don't know him as a person he doesn't even utter a word that he yeah his, you know? his body odor kind of transcends him as a person <laughs> yeah he's just a vessel He's like yeah. a vessel for the bo. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. He's a horse for the bo. <laughs> yeah. One thing I wanted to to ask you as well: when he hands them the keys to get back in the car, they're standing right next to him for a couple of seconds. Surely they would have been able to smell him then, and they can't. They can only smell him when he gets in the car. Well, I, I think the episode touches on that because if you notice, like when Elaine is with her boyfriend. Mm. You, she, he's really close to her, like smelling her hair. Yeah. And when Kramer notices that Jerry smells, he's really close, sitting, standing close to him. Yeah. So I think you've got to be like, say, you and I are probably want a good about meter. a meter away from each other. Yeah. I like say the bo existed. Mm. I don't think I could smell it on you now. True. But if I sat like half a foot from you, mm. then I probably would be like, true. Even. It's Jesus. a localized smell. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's what it is. Yeah, it doesn't have a lot of uh, dispersion. Yes. Also, you've got to consider as well, that was um, when they went to get their car, yeah. they were outdoors. True. So maybe... Ventilation. Yeah, because maybe like the car was enclosed, mm. maybe the smell is more like permeates 
through in closed areas. He's got nowhere to go. Yeah, the yeah. car, Jerry's apartment, like he can smell it. Yeah, and when they do ventilate, the video gets bloody stolen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Rochelle, Rochelle. Do you reckon he had the aircon on and it just recirculated it and made it worse? And it probably got trapped in the actual, <laughs> the, you know, the, the air conditioning system and stuff in the car? I'd say so. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I, I can imagine, like, you know how in movies how, like, a smoke or, a, or something takes over and then it changes colour? Yeah. You can imagine, like, the air conditioning just changes into, like, a green yeah. kind of brown colour. In my head right now, I've got a picture of, it's a classic kind of animation uh, scene, I guess you call it, in old Disney movies where there was a pie on uh, cooking on a windowsill and someone's really hungry and then the, the smoke or the steam comes over and beck- beckons it with a smoke. <laughs> oh, that's right, with a smoke finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they, they it goes up their nose and they kind of float over to the pie and they start eating the pie and then they get in trouble because they're eating the pie on the windowsill. Yeah. For some reason, I just imagine that with the B.O., but I don't know if anyone would actually follow the B.O. <laughs> no, I, I think they'd run away <laughs> more yeah. than anything. Visually, I guess it's represented by a slap, a slap in the face more than anything. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, obviously it's important to figure out why he has such B.O. That's, that's, that, that is the question. What, what is this guy doing or not doing to, make, to, to have such rampant, just like supernatural bo what is it well as i mentioned earlier in the episode it's it's nearly impossible or it is impossible to have bo which you know is so bad Mm. you know like it it latches onto everything it touches yeah that's not biologically possible surely no you know what i mean i can imagine if you know like i've i've got i've had t-shirts where i've been running or something and there's like a lingering smell of sweat but you give them a wash and they're fine, and they're done. Yeah, and you yeah. have a shower and you're good. Yeah, yeah but yeah, not, yeah. but not, not permeating into a car <laughs> after thirty seconds. It's, it's insane. I, I looked up some reasons why people have bo mm-hmm. typically or bad bo. Uh, one common one is uh, because of the chemical process that creates bo. It's I think uh, uh, something breaking down protein cells. So I think a high protein diet contributes to bad bad bo, like Ooh. maybe a high meat intake. Ooh, um, not good pe- for the carnivores. No, either. not at all. No. Just shower more. And, <laughs> Is that uh, why you're vegan? Uh, yes, I had a bo <laughs> problem. I went vegan. Now it's not a problem. Nice. That's that's my motivation. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people with diabetes apparently uh, give off a, a, a fruity smell, and oh. it can actually be if a doctor if you go to a GP. Uh, and you give off a certain smell to some sort of trained doctor, apparently an endocrinologist, uh, you, they can actually use that as a trigger to, to suspect that you have uh, diabetes. Oh, so some doctors have like the scent of a wolf. They yeah. can just detect yep. it. Oh. Uh, no, apparently it's a really pungent, noticeable smell, mm. like, like bad BO. Mm. And it's a certain type of smell. Apparently it's really fruity. Oh. Um, like maybe a craft, a hoppy craft beer or something. <laughs> it's got a fruity bouquet. <laughs> and all the hipsters just like jump on top of you. <laughs> oh, diabetes is so hip. <laughs> I um, knew about diabetes before it existed. <laughs> You've got type 1, I've got type 2, I've got type 0 diabetes. Yeah. Maybe we should make diabetes jokes. I'm diabetes fluid, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's no type. <laughs> Don't put me into a box, man. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. I'm fluid. I'm diafluid. Diafluid. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently people who eat lots of spicy food um, can be susceptible to bad BO. Yep. Um, apparently body odor comes from everywhere. Typically you think just the armpits. No, and everywhere. Any, yeah, so uh, from top to bottom, feet, groin, armpits, genitals, hair, anus, behind ears, and just the skin in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So well, it is called body odor. So true, but you yeah. always think of the armpits. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the association, body odor, smelly armpits. Otherwise no it would be armpit odor. 
That's true. Mm. APO. APO. <laughs> you should be a doctor. I <laughs> know, I should. My handwriting's terrible, so I'm pretty much qualified. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Chicken, use yeah. the chicken scratches. Yeah, I'll just WebMD the shit out of everything. <laughs> qualified doctor. I'll just set up my own practice. Yeah, doc, I've got this thing wrong with me. Just just hang on a sec. Yeah, I just got to go on Google. <laughs> WebMD.com <laughs> and uh, sorted. Yeah. And uh, one thing that was very distressing to me, but, you know, it's fine, is uh, apparently a high broccoli diet as well. Broccoli <gasps> contributes to BO. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like a large amounts. I think so. Yeah. 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 I think I think everyone's of like everyone's chemical makeup is kind of different in their body and 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 you know, I'm sure some people could eat a small amount of broccoli and it contributes to BO, but generally yeah, high consumption of broccoli. Mm, there you go. Which is uh yeah, a bit concerning. Drinking lots of booze. Yeah. Which is kind of I always associate people who drink a lot of booze, I always imagine that they're sweaty. Um, yeah. So yeah. that that kind of makes sense to me. Well, isn't alcohol um, as well as a depressant? Isn't it a diuretic? You know, there that's you go, why yeah. you've got to you've got to go to the bathroom all the time when you mm. drink. If you break the seal, as they say. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Mm. I didn't think of that. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's kind of a, a bo one hundred and one. Yeah. And, and just yeah, a one hundred and one <laughs> at the University of Stephen of Stephen's crappy medical knowledge. Yeah. And and just one note about bo that I'd like to mention. So I was going to say bo is uh, present in animals and humans, mm. and uh, its intensity can be influenced by many factors. Yeah. So like you said, diet, environmental factors. Mm. You know that sort of thing. Uh, and the medical term for body odour, it's bromhidrosis. Hmm. And uh, it's a condition of abnormal or offensive body odour. So that's what I think this gentleman suffers from. I was thinking, surely he can't just be suffering from one of those things or only doing one of those things to have BO. So my theory is is that he's probably diabetic, Okay. Yep. Uh, whether he knows it or not. He probably eats a lot of broccoli. A lot of meat, <laughs> a lot of spicy foods. He probably, maybe he eats a, some sort of dish that combines all of those three, like a curry a or a spicy, stew. A spicy broccoli curry. Yeah, with yeah. lots of meat in it. That could work. Uh, and he probably doesn't shower. His personal hygiene is probably not good. No. And all those factors contribute and uh, they, yeah. they they don't do too well. No, that was my theory that all of, he's, he's, <laughs> all of those things are happening or not happening. And that that would be the only explanation for such a supernatural level of bo. So he's like he's like the embodiment of all those factors. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In uh, Wikipedia, should update the bo page and say Valet. these are the things that can contribute to bo or a combination and just have a picture of the valet. Oh, he's yeah. yeah. He's he's everything that's possible in the bo world. Yeah. Hey, buddy, if you did play the valet mm. and you're listening to this podcast, send us an email, man. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, even even like leave a pseudonym or you know an alternate name or something. That's yeah. fine. You don't have to give your real name. Just mm. let us know. Maybe he did have really bad bo and he and he disappeared from the acting world. <laughs> maybe he's so humiliated. Or maybe he be he was worried that people would come up to him and go, "Oh, you stink." Yeah, kind of like know. the soup Nazi. Our first episode where. Mm. Real life became a bit harder for the real life soup Nazi. Yeah, yeah. You know, where he got hassled all the time and unnecessary quoting and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So I can understand. I think it would have been better if, like, say he was, like, a bigger star or say he was in, like, more prominent TV shows or movies and then he played the role. People mm. would be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, he but I think it, that might have been, like, his debut or, yeah. you know, he, he might have started, like, theatre or, like, small film productions, like, yeah. independent films, and then this was his big break, and he's like, oh, I get to play a smelly character. Yeah. And then everyone will remember him as the smelly guy. Yeah. I wonder if he regrets it. I wonder if the actor regrets it. Oh, you never regret being on Seinfeld. I'd yeah. love to, I would have loved to have been on the show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Even an extra in the background at that's, Monks or something like that. That's fine with me. Yeah, that's, that's true. fine. One thing I thought as well, it's it's a bit off, uh, you know, why he would have BO, but 
uh, I recounted a story that a friend told me. I won't go into it now because it's pretty gross. But <laughs> basically, it involves uh, someone playing a prank where they imbue a smell, a bad smell, into someone's property mm. by doing certain things. But we won't go into that. <laughs> Maybe something happened at the restaurant and uh, this valet was a bit ticked off from George and Elaine. Maybe they were rude to him or they didn't tip him or something. Right. And he had a bottle of something like something that smells like BO and he sprayed it what what would smell like BO in bottle know. form sweat oh. you could you could wring out a sweaty shirt and put it in a bottle why would he go to all the trouble I don't know it's just <laughs> it, it's a it's it's way 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 out extreme. of left field yeah, but it's just something that popped into my head okay, that maybe yeah. he because I was thinking you know if we go if we if we uh, play down at supernatural abilities no BO no smell could be that bad how, how could something penetrate a car that quickly <laughs> If, if he had a spray bottle full of sweat and other stuff t- that combined to a really bad smell and he sprayed it all around the car, that would, that would, that would actually work in real life. Yeah, a very smelly concoction. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it was a prank. It was just a thought I had. That, yeah, no. You know, just completely off, you know, uh, like off the logic trail, I guess. What do you think happened to Jerry's car? You know, like after the street thug got the car? What do you think happened? Do you reckon he left the car? Well... You know, do you reckon he just... I, yeah, he, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have kept it. What do you think happened to his car? I reckon, well, it would have been abandoned for a while and it probably just picked up and put in a lot. But mm. if I were Jerry, I mean, how do you normally deal with supernatural things? It's either cutting off its head or burning it. I would have set it on fire. Yeah, yeah. I would have burnt it, covered it in petrol and mm-hmm. threw a match in. Claim insurance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Someone stole the car. Yeah, exactly. And just, just drive it out to somewhere under a bridge somewhere in New York, out you know, in an industrial lot or something set it on fire and claim that it was stolen. Just, you know, Jimmy opened the lock or something to make it look like it was nicked and set it on fire and claim it on insurance. And, th- and then the forensics turn up and they investigate and the smell's still there. Yeah, they can't get close enough. <laughs> no, yeah, no, even no. fire can't kill it. Yeah, Go fire on. just makes it travel more. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Maybe maybe the smell has a like a one ring type thing that, you know, even if it's killed, its spirit is, is trapped in like some sort of physical ornament so I it never truly right. dies. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that's the smelly valet in the BO? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I hope I never come across BO that bad. Yeah, such a three-dimensional character. Oh, the fourth dimensional. <laughs> Space time. Smell it through the microphone yeah, almost, yeah? Definitely. <laughs> All right, next character, Mona. 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 So that's uh, Susan's girlfriend. Played by Viveka Davis. Yes, she had roles in Castaway, Message in a Bottle, and Time Code. And uh, uh, like the library last week, uh, I did mention a bit earlier, uh, we see that Kramer has a special magnetism that attracts the unlikeliest of women to him. Mm, so, he does. Yeah. The Kavorka, as it's late, later named. Yes. In the conversion, I think it's I think called it, that episode. One, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, that's it. So, again, uh, like Mona claims, she, well, it's claimed that she's never been with a man her whole life and suddenly she's with Kramer. Mm. And I guess they find a common ground, you know, they she's a golf teacher and he wants to reduce uh, his handicap. And Mona never being with a man until Kramer turns up, I mean, that's that's very interesting. Uh, you know, crazy how, how Kramer can do that to someone. Yeah, he's got the power, he's got the mysticism. He does. Um, I was thinking about Mona, like, just, you know, she's not a dent for that long either. No. And... The thing that struck me the most about her was her style, I guess. Yeah. Her clothing. And I thought maybe she's she works in fashion or she's an artist or something. She looks pretty hip and pretty cool. Yeah, she does, yeah. You know, yeah, she, I thought that too. Susan yep. Susan dresses more conventionally. Mm. Um, you know, she probably had a more conventional upbringing. Her parents are quite sort of old money, wealthy. Yeah. Um, Very privileged. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think I think uh, Mona probably came from well, regardless of the background, I think she sort of moves in art. 
yep. art circles. She probably has very arty parents, I reckon. Yeah, and, uh, yep. I think she's pretty... Reformed hippies or something like that. Yeah, I'd say so. And yeah. I think she's very sure of herself. And uh, like most... Uh, gay, you know, gay people. She has suffered uh, from discrimination and abuse yeah, from the definitely. young age. You know, like like many. And uh, I'm guessing like how golf comes into the equation. I was thinking to myself that maybe she took up golf as like a hobby or maybe like an outlet. Yeah, you know, just something. Or maybe her father played golf, or maybe she had a grandfather or a relative. And yeah, I didn't. She, I didn't think too much about her golfing. Yeah, to be honest, I thought that was a very interesting part of her character. Yeah, you know, she's a golf just, teacher. You wouldn't think someone like that's a golf teacher. Yeah, it kind of feels hmm. like when they were coming up with the character, they just picked up a random skill out of a hat. They just she's hmm. a golf teacher. Yeah, I, that'll I th- do. I think. I think the writers. My guess is the writers probably wanted Kramer and Mona to get together, and it wouldn't have made sense like if Mona just was attracted to Kramer. I think it had to be like some kind of common ground or a hobby that they both liked. They kind of... Because, you know, like some people meet and then, you know, they might be totally different personalities. Yeah, and then there's some a, common thing. Yeah, yeah, and then they'll just roll with it and then they become... Yeah, that's true, actually. Closer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of my friends or, or relationships I've met through a hobby or a common practice. You strike up a conversation about a thing. It could be about Seinfeld. Um, that's kind of how we met in a way. I think we talked about The Simpsons and Seinfeld. Yeah, and that's it. Now here we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's a good point, actually. Yeah. I never, never thought of that. Yeah, no, because I, I think it's a big part of her uh, her character. Yeah. The fact that she plays golf. Yeah. You know, and then Kramer <laughs> swings the broomstick in the video store and uh, she's attracted to him. Yeah, if you watch if you watch closely, it's it's not hard to notice, but it happens quickly. When he, when he swings, her head follows him. Mm. She's intrigued with him and attracted to him immediately. And yes. She can't take her eyes off him. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think she's pretty sassy as well. She gives a George. Uh, she gives George a pretty vicious sort of, you know, <laughs> up and down look. Yeah. When uh, when when Susan introduces them and she kind of walks away, she's like, mm, "I'll let you two catch up." And yeah. she's a bit distrustful of George. She's probably heard a lot about him. I'm sure Susan's mentioned many things. Yeah. About she's George. already got an impression. Yeah. Yeah. She's probably thinking, "How much money do you owe, Susan?" <laughs> Well, at least, what is it, 35 Yeah, 35 yeah, I don't think you ever paid her back. Yeah. No. He's like, I'll pay you back. And she's like, no, you yeah, won't. Yeah, sure. And he's like, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's, I like how Susan puts George in his place. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's Do you good. think you're a, that probably makes her uh, more attractive to him? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think that's why he's attracted to her. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's a challenge. Yep. Yeah. And he needs to, you know, to win because he's George yep. at any cost. At any cost. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, so... I don't really have much more to say about Mona. No, I think I she's think cool so and hip. Um, you know, uh, yeah, probably an artist or a musician or something like that based on her fashion. She reminded me, and this is, again, a really obscure uh, comparison, but I watched American Psycho recently and there's a scene where Patrick Bateman sits down with, I think, one of his mates from the, from the, from the brokerage firm with, I think, one of his fiancé's friends or something and they're like an artist couple. They're like really cool. He looks like Boy George or like someone from Duran Duran. Like yeah. He typifies like 80s high fashion, New York, cool, underground, whatever. Yeah. And she's kind of the same. And they they just, they have this similarity in my mind. So Mona reminded you of her. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's what got me onto thinking maybe she works in fashion or something cool. Yeah. Um, and she does golf instructing yeah like part-time. Yeah. Or, I yeah. know people who, you know, you would you would meet or talk to and then all of a sudden you know, they have this really kind of normal hobby or normal thing that doesn't fit into everything else they do. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it's totally uh, unrealistic. Yeah, it's very believable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, she's cool though. I like it. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't bring her back in more episodes. That would have uh-huh. been a good plot device where 
Um, or, you know, just a plot point where they bring her up three seasons later or something like that. One thing actually I wanted to ask was yeah. after um, Kramer sort of makes her dip her, her toes into the hetero pool, as we said. Yes. Do you think she ever went back or do you think that just reaffirmed her, her obviously strong attraction to women? Do you think do you think she took another step or she went, that was a bad idea, Kramer's stinks and he's just too too kooky and she went straight back to to a to a you know to her former self well funny you mention that because if you remember when kramer has dinner with mona mm. kramer asks jerry can i borrow your jacket yeah so it's probably like their first proper dinner their first date and then mona's probably thinking oh i'm going out to dinner with a man and i might get with a man you know this will be interesting and obviously mm. kramer's the first man she's ever been with so she has no idea what men look like like act like smell like feel yeah. like she probably you know they came back to Kramer's joint smelt the jacket and thought that's what all men smell like traumatised her yeah and yep. that's it and I reckon she went back to women yep yeah I'd that's say what so. I thought as well yeah and, and Kramer I love how Kramer says oh she said she had to get up early tomorrow morning yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't pick that up. Yeah, she had. Oh, she good... told me she had to get up early. Oh, I didn't yeah. pick that up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that that's a good. That's a good. That's some good writing. And yeah, and then Jerry's like, "Wait a minute, the, I wore the jacket in the car. <laughs> it smells." Yeah. yeah. So, um, another secondary character we've obviously mentioned already is Susan. Um, like Ivan said towards the start of the episode, we won't really go too much into her. No. Uh, she, she, she's, she's actually, um, you know, she's a pretty. She's probably one of the most prominent second characters secondary characters in the whole uh, whole series but uh yeah we'll, we'll she'll get her own episode and maybe um maybe we'll talk about that a bit more later we will yeah, yeah. we'll give a bit more information about that yeah um so i guess the next secondary character to focus on well at least uh, who's on my list is uh elaine's uh, episode boyfriend i think he's probably got the next most amount of screen time yes yeah he's got a good three scenes yeah four scenes for sure yeah um, and i think he said i think he likes fishing Hunting, pillaging. <laughs> I think that last part was a joke. Yeah, hopefully. It, it impressed uh, Elaine. Yeah, he seems to be like an outdoorsy kind of guy, which, like this gentleman himself, he's a bit, uh, what would you say, a bit rotund? Like he's a bit... He's a husky gentleman. A husky gentleman, a bit, <laughs> bit, a bit of weight on him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's solid. He's solid. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't picture him as an outdoorsy kind of guy. No, no, that's true. But, I mean, fishing is not exactly a... A super active hobby mm. you know maybe he just puts a fishing rod in his chair and drinks beer oh probably yeah, yeah. yeah. his name's carl by the way carl, and he's played yeah. by the actor uh, nick bakay bakay i think a- anything of note he's been in uh well he's a comedian and actor okay he played uh some sort of role in sabrina the teenage witch ah. i never watched that show oh it's a good show, oh, it's a kid never, show but yeah, yeah yeah i mean it was good. really popular when i was in high school mm. and same with buffy but i just never watched it party of five all that just never never got i was aware of it um, but yeah, I never really paid much attention to it, so I couldn't tell you who he is in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That just came up in my um, in my research. But if you watch Sabrina the Witch, let us know. Or Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, give us <laughs> yeah. a yell. Yeah, do, they should do like like revisit like Sabrina the Middle Aged Witch. She's <laughs> just like tired. You know, yeah. she's divorced. She's got three kids. She's a struggling single mom. And she's like, gone through like a fourth talking black cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the original cat. Yeah. Salem, I think it was called. Okay, Salem the cat. That's a good reference, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To the witches, yeah. 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 So uh, Carl in the episode, he's pretty pretty cocky. He's pretty confident. He yeah, he's very confident. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, he says that he likes pillaging as a joke, but I think, you know, I don't think he goes out and pillages whatever the hell you pillage, but <laughs> just just that sort of language is pretty pretty cocky, pretty self-assured. 
One thing I noticed as well is that in his apartment when he's with Elaine, and I'm pretty sure that's his apartment because it looks totally different to Elaine's in, in, in episodes around that time, he's got a lot of art, like sort of cool art and very 90s, you know, progressive kind of art. And a lot of artifacts, like they look like historical artifacts in his apartment ornamentally around the place. And I thought maybe he's, I, I don't know, like he's obviously, you know, comfortable, if not wealthy. Um, and I thought maybe he's some sort of like an entrepreneur or like a media personality, like Perhaps. someone someone who makes a lot of money, but still tries to like, you know, be cool, like a businessman who's totally a capitalist or whatever, yeah. but still tries to, you know, like maintain this air of like cool like i don't know it just i, yeah. I just got that vibe i picture him as a very worldly guy you know yeah. obviously with those historical artifacts he's obviously traveled around the world mm. you know and he's picked up all these artifacts and yeah. the art that you mentioned so yeah. yeah i think i think he must be some kind of entrepreneur self-employed yeah definitely yeah, i've got the same kind of vibes yeah yeah, yeah. Or like a media personality because the guy who played him uh nick bouquet he was a commentator i think for uh, he like he did a sports broadcasting show or something. As in the actual actor. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He he did something in the eighties or nineties in American sports. I can't remember. Okay. So yep. maybe they kind of were going along with that vibe. Like you know, broadcasters get a, a a bit of coin. I don't know. Just that's the vibe I got based on on his on his um on his on his apartment stuff. Yeah, I'd say but, so. Yeah. But contradicting that, he was dressed really conventionally. He was wearing like a like a vest. He looked like a middle aged accountant. <laughs> He, yeah. looked, he looked like yeah. a golf instructor. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm surprised he wasn't in a suit or anything. Yeah. And what would attract Elaine to him? Do you think? Money. Maybe money. Yeah, money. <laughs> money. You know, she's yeah. shallow. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, if you look at her reaction every time she meets someone who's a doctor or an engineer, you know, someone who someone would of, earn a of lot of higher money, esteem. Yeah. Or even if they're not conventionally mm-hmm. attractive, she she's very you know she does that sort of like little swervy sway thing where she's yes. like, oh hi, you know, she's the, very the courtship dance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I reckon it would have been money. So I mean, he's probably a cool guy. He's probably a nice guy, but um, he's obviously very forgiving with the smell. Like if I was dating someone at the start and I got a really bad waft of bo, I don't know if I'd re re um you know redate them. It's really funny though because when they're in the restaurant at the start mm. and Jerry says, "Oh, so is tonight the night?" As in with Carl and Elaine says it might be. Yeah, it sounds like they've been dating for at least a few weeks. Actually, that's a good point. I, so, I totally forgot about that because you Elaine's would, frustrated yeah. because she. Uh, she, I think in this episode she says, "Oh, we were just we were talking about moving in together." Yeah, so yeah. it must have been a good six months or that, something. That's true, actually. Yeah, because you know, if if obviously say you you, you met someone mm. and they hadn't hadn't smelt for like six months, like they're all good, and suddenly that's they true. smell, you wouldn't just suddenly drop them and say, "Nah." Yeah, you know, that's that's true. It's all over because of smell. You you kind of say, "Hey, what's going on?" Yeah, what happened? Have you got diabetes? Yeah, have you got? Di- have, have you, you increased ho- your broccoli intake? Why do you smell like banana? Why do you smell fruity? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, like again, to contradict that, the the fact that Elaine hasn't slept with him yet is like you know Elaine is sexually liberated. Awesome mm-hmm. for her. Yes. And 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 Jerry's like, you know, is tonight the night? Like, is tonight you're gonna go to, you know, a home run, as they say? I, I would imagine that someone like Elaine wouldn't let that linger for too long, you know. Unless going back to what we said, he's a businessman, he's an entrepreneur or something, and he travels a lot. Maybe they just don't see each other a lot. Maybe, yeah, yeah, because she's pretty into him. So maybe it's like less is more. She doesn't see him a lot. So when they do, 
uh, spend some time together. They have lots of it's really intense. moments. It's yeah, very intense. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. So I guess that's uh, that's uh, Carl. Yes. So we just yeah touched on the smelly valet and the bo Mona and Carl. Yeah. So they're the three main characters. So we'll, we'll take a bit of a break. And um, we'll come back and we'll go through some of the more minor characters. Yeah, we'll just touch on them and, uh, yeah, yeah, wrap it up. Great. Beautiful. We'll be back. And we're back with, but I don't want to be a secondary character. But I don't want to be a secondary character. Today's episode, The Smelly Car, Season 4, Episode 21, a production code 422. Mm. Yes, so we, Stephen, we've gone through the majority of the characters, you know, the valet, Mona, Carl. The B.O. The B.O., yes. The major secondary characters. The major stinky secondary characters, yes. So we'll just touch on, like, we'll just touch on, I guess, the other minor characters in yeah. the episode, just a bit about them. Yep. So we'll start with the hairdresser. Hmm. Yeah, so who, his, who was the hairdresser played by? Uh, his name is Taylor Negron. Negron? Negron, yes. Yeah, so he was a, uh, a comedian, an actor, uh, and a spoken word performer, I guess you'd say, or a spoken word artist. Yes. And unfortunately, he actually passed in 2015. Oh, dear. So R.I.P. Uh, Taylor. He was highly regarded. I read a bunch of really interesting stuff about him, and uh, he was... In in his field, he would, he never made it to the top of any of his fields, but he was always considered he was sort of an artist artist or a comedian's comedian or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, and he plays the hairdresser. He doesn't have a name in no, this episode, no. just the hairdresser, and uh, he tries to help Elaine get rid of the bo that's uh, embedded in her scalp. Yeah, probably shampoo the rest of her body and the rest of her body. Most likely, it's seeped into the pores, <laughs> oh, into her soul, <laughs> into her soul. Yeah, well, needs a good clean. Her soul doesn't it. <laughs> Yeah. All their souls need cleaning. <laughs> Definitely, they all need to be. They all need to be redeemed. I don't think they have souls to begin with. <laughs> yeah, especially they're just, George. They're just empty vessels of uh, of nothing. Of nihilism. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So he tries to help Elaine by shampooing and shampooing and conditioning and conditioning. And if all those fails, tomato sauce. Tomato sauce. Yeah. So he. Uh, that's that's really his only scene in the whole episode. He, yeah. Um, one thing I thought that based on his hairstyle. And just his character in that brief brief scene is, uh, I think he's a he's a hardcore uh, hairstylist. Hairdresser. Yeah, he's that's that's what he lives and breathes. So he's been doing it. Obviously, he must have been an apprentice hairdresser you know, when he was life. younger, yep. like a teenager, and then definitely worked his way up. Yep, I reckon he had wigs at home when he was in high school and, and practiced hairdressing. Uh, you know, at, at home on weekends. That I don't think he craft. went to parties. No, I think he was. Yeah, he. He was probably eight or something, and he saw something on television or read something in a magazine, and he just knew, and that's it. That was it. That's, that's he, in his blood. He did it. Yep. Wow. I think he has shampoo for blood. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the next uh, minor character is the maitre d' or the restaurateur. Yes, and very posh man. He's, he's all like, I'm not going to take a whiff of your car. I'm too busy. I'm running a restaurant. Running a restaurant here. I'm a very busy man. Yes. Yeah. Played very well. Even though he, it's a very small cameo, but it's good. Yeah. And it justifies, you know, how... Because he's trying not to find fault, mm. you know, with the valet. You know, saying, oh, the valet smells like Jerry's claiming. And then the restaurateur's like, no, no, it must be you. Yeah, he's trying to put it back on He's trying to, put he's trying to defend his, his colleague. His, his colleague and his restaurant and his reputation. Yeah, exactly. Actually, that's yeah. true. I never thought of that. And then Jerry shows him off or shows him... 
you know, to the car and then he sits in it and <laughs> he's struggling to get It doesn't take air. long. Yeah, it doesn't take long. And he goes, all right, I'll refund you for half of it, half of the cost of the car detailing. Initially, he only offers him 50 bucks. 50 bucks, I know. And Jerry's like, I want half, half of it, 125. And, and all right. Do you notice George is on the other side of the car and yep. his finger's pointing up? No. Yeah, he. He's saying, oh, is he saying like so go he's higher? Saying, he's like go higher. Yeah, go right. higher. But I'm, it's above. It's above the car, so the the guy can't see it. The maitre uh, d, but Jerry can see it. So he's like fifty dollars, and then George is looking at Jerry. It's it's from the back of George's head, and he's pointing up. He's right. Like, go higher. Go One higher. of the rare moments where George actually gives good advice that works out. Yeah, it does. Yeah, in someone else's favor, not just his. Mm. And I told you earlier that if it was George, he'd ask for all of it plus severance or. Yeah, you some know, sort trauma. of compensation or yeah. something. Yeah, he'd come up with some pathological lying. Yeah, for excuse, for, you know, for suffering. Yeah, for injury yeah. and suffering. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, the the actor who played the maitre d, or you, I've got him down as the maitre d. You've got him as a restaurateur. Same person. Yeah, same person. Yeah. Uh, his name is Michael Philip uh, DeBaris, I think. Yes. And he's British. Okay. Oh, he's an yeah, author, of course. Actor and musician. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I thought was funny, because I love terrible 80s and 90s material movies or TV shows, he acted as the main villain in MacGyver. His name's Murdoch. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so he was an assassin in MacGyver. He'd be a good villain, actually. Yeah. yeah. I think people who speak in sort of, uh, you know, posh British tones, they always have... They just have got this air of villainy and, yeah. you know... I think so, too. Authority. Yeah. Yes. Kind of like Bond villains. You know, they always... You know, they were never like... G'day, Bond. How's it going? Like they never had, you know. <laughs> I say you played the accent. I say you played knifey spoony before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's a right, right. That is like you know they're always quite well spoken and mm. you know, you know, posh. Yes. So yeah, definitely uh, a good casting for a villain. Very good. Yeah, and uh, he was actually in a uh, a, a band. Um, I'm trying to think of their name. Oh, I can't okay. remember. I, I I did a bit of research about the actor. Sure. And I saw an interview where he interviews Weirdo Yankovic, which was kind of weird. Yeah. It was it was a really bad interview, but you know it was something. What was his sorry? What was his name again? I'll try and find that for you. Uh, Michael Philip DeBaris. Philip. Okay, I'll try and find what band he's in. Yeah, he apparently sold seven million records, or he has sold seven million records as a solo artist and in this band. Jeez. Yeah. So I don't think he's in this like massively huge band, but obviously big enough to sell quite a few albums. How do you spell Bizarres? Yeah. Uh, so it's Philip and then Des Baris. So D E S D E S space B A R E S B A R. He must have been in a big band. Yeah, it's like seven million. I listened to one of their songs and they were really bad. Oh, yeah, not not a fan. Right. One thing I thought about as well, the character. I think he would use the words boorish and oafish. Right. When describing people who aren't to his taste. Des oh, he was quite an oafish character. Quite I a boorish character. I see. He was uh, the touring singer for the Duran Duran spin-off group, The Power Station, performing oh. at Live Aid. Uh, the spin-off group, not actual Duran Duran. Yep. He was a member of Checkered Past, which yep. includes Steve Jones from The Six Pistols, oh, and Clem Burke and Nigel Harrison of Blondie. That's the one that I saw. They're yeah. really bad. And he penned the song Obsession, a number one hit in 27 countries for LA new wave group Animotion. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. It's a good song. Obsession. Yeah. Is that how it goes? I think so. Yeah. And uh, he apparently is currently a radio host uh, called uh, 
the underground. It's a show called the Underground Gra- uh, Garage. It's Little Stevens, yeah, and that's on Sirius XM Radio Channel Twenty One. Yeah, and, and it's heard by more than six million listeners. I know this guy's this guy's quite uh, quite prolific. Yeah, yeah, and uh, almost as many as us. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he wishes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> totally. He will never reach our our, our degree of listenership. <laughs> yeah. And so the the final secondary character that we should probably talk about, and uh, I'll let you talk about this guy, the the video store guy. Yeah, so video store guy. What a, I guess he's just a kid. Yeah, you know, he's just I guess doing the job. I'll, I'll try and uh, I didn't get the information about the actor. I'm just trying to pull it pull it up here. Um, yeah, I okay. guess. Okay, well, I'll talk about the video store guy. So, oh, here we go. Courtney Gaines. Okay, his name is the. Uh, he plays the clerk. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yep. uh, he he was in films such as Children of the Corn, Back to the Future, mm. uh, Memphis Bell, The Burbs, uh, Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's been in quite a few things. Yeah, I think he's one of those character actors that you would recognise. Yeah. But he did probably never played a major role or a lead role. Yeah. I do remember his, because I love Back to the Future so much, mm-hmm. and I do remember his scenes. He's in two. Uh, there's one where Marty is trying to, uh, when he's playing Johnny Be Good. Yeah. Uh, on that, actually, R.I.P. Chuck Berry. Sad loss. I know. He died yesterday. Uh, the weekend. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, that's that's, yeah. He was influential, man. Influential oh, rock and roll. Oh, beyond influential, beyond he was. Influential. He, yep. he was a. He was a. He was a pioneer. Yeah. You know, he he did so much for guitar. He sure did. Yeah. Yeah. It so yeah, it wasn't just Johnny B. Good. It was others. Totally. Like yeah. Maybelline, Sweet yeah. Sixteen, a lot of good ones. Yeah. Count, good ones. Countless hits. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So in Back to the Future, where uh, Michael J. Fox is playing Johnny B. Good, and he's trying to uh, get his parents to to hook up. The redheaded kid who interrupts McFly, ah, yes. and uh, tries to dance. That's him. Yeah, that's him. The same actor. And uh, when when um, Marty's playing the guitar, he's got the photo wedged in the strings on yeah. the headstock. Yeah, and he looks at the photo and he sees himself fading away as old mate uh, dances with, um, yeah, dances with his mum. So, and then he's also in another scene at the start of the film where he tapes a "kick me" sign to uh, his dad. To, ah, to, yeah. yeah. Uh, Marty Seaman? George McFly. George McFly. That's yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah. I'm such a big fan. I should know that. <laughs> That's okay. And uh, and then they kick him. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, he plays more, um, more useless eighties movie shinfo. Why not? <laughs> he, he he plays Dixon. He's credited as Dixon. That's, That's the one. Yep. 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 Courtney Gaines. Yeah. There you go. Cool. So I was thinking about the character. Mm. I think he's. Uh, I think he's super passionate. I think he wants to work in a video store. You know. Like, yeah, you um, don't think he's just... I know he loves Rochelle Rochelle. Yeah, I mean... every man in that episode seems to love Rochelle Rochelle. That's true. You notice that? Even the restaurateur, he goes, they got my $7. That's true. Obviously, he forgot to hand it back in time. That's true. Paid charged overdue fees. Yeah, he... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think <laughs> the fact that he can quote the, the promotional line to George as he's saying that he's borrowed Rochelle Rochelle, I reckon he's like a passionate... He's probably like a wannabe filmmaker. A woman's erotic journey from Milan to Mint. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He reminded me of Quentin Tarantino in his younger days and a bit because he worked in a video store and he, he loved it yeah. because he's passionate about movies. Mm-hmm. And then he just made films on the side until uh, I think either True Romance or Reservoir Dogs took off. But that's that's so I sort of thought maybe he would be. Like he's, so he's like an inspiring t- like Tarantino-like yeah, director. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's really, you know, he doesn't back down on the $98 charge. No, he doesn't. No, he you know he, he doesn't negotiate George, yeah. or yeah, he no, just he's says, like ninety eight dollars, bucks. That's it. And he's he's a stickler for their rewind fee as well, two bucks. Yeah, you know I he doesn't say okay, I'll let it, I'll waive it this time. Just no. no. And then actually, Kramer points out that it's cheaper to keep the video for another night. Mm. 
it's like an extra dollar forty nine. You save forty nine cents. You just rewind it and hand it back the next day. <laughs> yeah, it's actually cheaper. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. I'm going to give you the satisfaction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kramer's pretty satisfied about his like you know saving forty nine cents. Saving forty nine <laughs> cents or saving he doesn't even save himself forty nine cents. He saves George forty nine cents. Yeah, exactly. And then George is stoked to uh, go home and watch it again. He goes, I'm going to go home and watch this again. I don't really want to know what he did the second time, but um, I don't want to know either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, anyway, I think yes. that's, I think that's the joke with Rochelle. Rochelle. Yeah. You know, it's like every man's kind of fantasy. Yeah. Just rent this, it and watch it by themselves. Yeah. This kind of like you know free spirited European woman. Yeah. You know, who's just naked all the time for some reason. I, I love how he says to Susan, no, there's no frontal nudity. It's more sidle. Yeah. <laughs> sidle. <laughs> nudity. Yeah, That's when great. he's trying to play down. Like, he probably feels like a bit of a pervert. Yeah. You know, and, and, and Susan's a bit like, oh, oh Rochelle, okay. Rochelle. someone's single. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, you know, it's like the, it's like the, the least embarrassed thing to hire beyond, like, porn. You know, if you hire porn from a video shop, it's yeah. like... You know, you feel sort of seedy and weird. It's it's like it, it crosses, it sort of uh, walks the line between acceptable video hiring and also like you you're just hiring it for the naked. Yeah, it's like, like soft core adult erotica. Yeah, adult erotica essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's kind of it for all the the secondary characters. We've we've mentioned some of the minor ones, and obviously Susan uh, will uh, get her an episode. So. Uh, Speaking of... Speaking of, Susan, yes. So, every fifth episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, we're going to devote the episode to one major secondary character because we feel like there's some characters in the show, Stephen, where they're just... They're too big to be, you know, talked about in one episode and they come up so many times during the series. So, we just thought, stuff it. Let's just do one episode just about them. Yeah, they they don't really meet the normal criteria of this podcast, which is a secondary character who's in it for one or maybe two episodes for a brief amount of time, and we just build a whole bunch of stuff around them. They've already got a lot of written about them, but they're still they're too important not to talk about. So Newman is a good example. Yeah. Or George's uh, parents. George's parents. You know. Or Peterman. Yeah, Peterman. Yeah. You know, that, they're in it for a one. season or more than season, more than a season. Like Steinbrenner. Yeah. Is probably another good one. Another good so, one. Uh, you know, an extension of this episode will be next week where we talk about Susan. Yes, and these uh, episodes are going to be called What's the Deal With? Insert character. Dot, 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 dot. So in this case, next week will be What's the Deal With? Dot, 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 Susan. Yeah, so I guess it'll be a little off format for the episode so far where, you know, we, we take limited screen time and just sort of just make up a bunch of stuff yeah, about yeah. what, you know, what we suppose is, is their world. Um, because a lot of stuff's already written about them. You already know a lot about the history and who they are and their character. So I guess it'll just be more of an overview or a summary of the character with maybe extra bits put in, you know, filling some gaps that might not be talked about or answered. Yeah, and if you have any information about, you know, today's episode, previous ones, or even about Susan, which we'll talk about next week, just shoot us an email or go on Facebook and Twitter at BIDWBASC and uh, let us know, like, if you've got any you know, alternate facts or... No, 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 alternate alternate oh, facts. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Whoopsie. Actually, that's, that's how we should categorise this show. Alternative, alternative facts. facts. It's truth to us, yeah. so therefore it's objective it's truth. It's objective truth. <laughs> yeah, no, not alternative facts. If you have any, like, alternative... We'll probably have a bunch of listens from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, you know, all of all of, all of Trump's administration. They're like, yeah, these guys get it. Just yeah. make up a bunch of stuff and call it, call it truth. <laughs> exactly. Jeez. <laughs> Number one subscriber is Steve Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, no. Move, move, <laughs> enough airtime for them. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. So, if you have any, like, what I was trying to say was, if you have any other hypotheticals about the characters, you know, mm. we we mentioned about the side characters for today, but if you have any ideas, let us know. Yeah. Get We'd in touch on social media or or uh, email. Absolutely. Yeah. So that that's kind of it for this episode. That's and, it. And uh, we look forward to uh, you listening to our next episode. Our Indeed. first, uh, what's the deal with dot 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 character here? And it'll be Susan. Yeah. So. Um, yeah thanks for listening so far yeah thank you we're on iTunes SoundCloud and YouTube so feel free to hit us up and uh, subscribe if you haven't already we'd yeah. love, to, love to get you on board and uh, keep up to date with the latest episodes as they come in indeed and uh, apparently it's good if you uh, leave a review yes. on iTunes leave even, a review yes even and, if it's, and stars even if it's one star That's leave fine. a review it increases our exposure so if you could do that that'd be awesome thank you very much we'll yeah. see you next week catch you later 